How we looking? Bill Michaels show. Good day. Welcome into everybody on the network, as Bill would say. My name is Grant Bills. Filling in for Bill today. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. If you want to tweet me, uh, no phone calls for the next 15 minutes because we have our Wednesday guest, our national football guy, Mark Schofield, SB Nation. Nice enough to join us today on the day before Thanksgiving. Mark, thanks again. Welcome. Oh, Grant, thank you so much for having me. I know it's Thanksgiving Eve. For me, I don't know about some of the listeners, but for me, the cooking is already underway. Oh. But excited to talk a little football right now and take a break from making some sausage and gravy. Oh, so good for you making your own gravy. I'm, I'm too lazy, so you're a better man than I. We have three games tomorrow, and all three have a spread of a touchdown or more. So is you, you know, kind of for, from a much more national perspective of a, of a football mind than probably us, we're much more focused on the Packers. Packers, Lions, Commanders, Cowboys, Niners, Seahawks. Is there any one of these games tomorrow that, that interests you or compels you more than the others? Because none of them are expected to be close by Vegas, but I'm sure you find something interesting tomorrow in at least one of these games. Tell me about that. Uh, I mean, honestly, you can find interesting storylines in all three games, I think. I mean, you can start, obviously... With the early game, Lions-Packers, obviously a massive rivalry, a storied rivalry in NFL history. But, you know, I want to see from Detroit's perspective, now they're 8-2. You know, the conversation has circled back to the idea that maybe the Lions are among the NFC's best teams. Maybe perhaps the Lions have have certainly taken that step forward, 8-2 for the first time since 1962. This is a game that if you are a good football team, you need to put in a good performance. And we at SB Nation, we have this idea, this theory, that if you're going to be a good football team, you win the clunkers. And the Lions had a clunker last week. You know, it looked like they were going to lose to the Chicago Bears, but they found a way to win this game. This is an opportunity where a short week, national audience, island game at home, your traditional Thanksgiving Day game, to put in that kind of good performance that tells the rest of the league that, yes, we are here. From Green Bay's perspective, and I've talked with Bill about this a lot, my eyes are going to be on Jordan Love. I thought in recent weeks, last week included, it seems like he's taken a step forward. It seems like he's starting to still be aggressive, check the ball down a little bit more, which I think is going to be an important thing for his growth and development as a quarterback. So I'm very curious to see how he fares in this game. You know, the next game, Washington-Dallas, another traditional rivalry. From Dallas's perspective, it's a similar thing to what we just talked about with the Lions. Can you put in that kind of command performance against a team where on paper you are the better roster? You know, Dallas has looked very good in recent weeks. Dak Prescott has looked very good in recent weeks. That defense can certainly frustrate opposing offenses. And I want to see how Sam Howell fares against this unit because there's a lot of discussion here in the D.C. area that maybe Howell is the long-term answer. If he's going to be their long-term answer at the position he needs to step up with a game like this against a very good defense. So, you know, sort of similar storylines between those two games. Niners Seahawks, can Geno Smith go? You know, yeah. because he took that hit, you know, from Aaron Donald on Sunday afternoon. He had the ice pack on the arm, comes in back into the game for their final drive and rips that first throw. And it looked like, okay, he's going to be off. He's going to be fine. But then the second throw, it's a wobbler. And you're like, okay, well, maybe not. They still got themselves in position for a game winning attempt at a field goal. They missed it, but I want to see how he looks on the short week. And from San Francisco's perspective, my eyes are on two things. Brock Purdy, because the national conversation about Brock Purdy remains a big storyline, and that defense. With the addition of Chase Young, that defense has looked tremendous in their past two games. They can really sort of get after you up front, physical cornerbacks and secondary. 
So I'm going to be watching those two storylines, you know, from San Francisco's perspective. Brock Purdy under center and that Niners defense. So Commanders Cowboys in the middle of the day. That's probably the game that that most of America will will probably watch the most. Maybe you arrive a little late to Packers Lions. Maybe you go out and you you go out to the bar. You go do something at night, and maybe you miss a little bit of Niners Seahawks. Is this a turning point game for the Commanders? And I I guess they're four and seven. In my mind, I thought they were a little bit better. But Sam Howell's looked promising. They got a good wide receiving core. They have some fun young weapons. I know they sold on, on some of the parts of their defense. But Eric Bieniemy's there. It feels like we might be teetering. Feels like the commanders, new owner, Ron Rivera. Where do we stand on the commanders, and, and how does maybe this game in front of a huge national audience against a rival, how does this game dictate the direction of this franchise and, and some of the, the pillars of this franchise moving forward? I mean, I think we may have already reached that tipping point. I mean, again, I'm, I'm here in the D.C. area, and sort of the local conversation around the commanders is, you know, Ron Rivera is, you know, forget hot seat. Like, like the seat is beyond hot at this point. And anytime you get a new ownership group that comes in, they're going to want to put their own stamp on that franchise. They're going to want to put their own stamp on the direction of the organization. And you expect at some point that a change will be made. You know, what they had last week was a sort of tipping point game, you could say. Because you're going up against another division rival in the New York Giants at home against a third-string quarterback in Tommy DeVito, and he goes yeah. out and throws three touchdown passes against you. Yeah. And that's a sort of difficult game to overcome for an organization. And if you come out here on an island game, on a holiday, and get blown out in front of a national audience, then, yeah, you know, the decision could come Friday morning. But I do think that, you know, from where the commanders started the year and where they were last year to right now, Progress has not really been made. And yes, you could say you're started in the first time starting quarterback, but that's just part of the story here. They haven't taken steps. They haven't made progress on the defensive side of the ball. You've traded away two of your best pass rushers with Montez Sweat and Chase Young. It seems as if the changes are in place. The changes are in process here. And whether it comes at the end of the season or in a world where they get blown out tomorrow, Friday afternoon, Friday morning, that part remains to be seen, but it does seem like this direction, this organization is going to move in a different direction at some point. Mark Schofield, SB Nation, is here. We're just talking about some of the bigger picture NFL things. You mentioned uh, the Giants and Tommy DeVito. They play the Patriots on Sunday. That's a game that no one except for Giants fans and Patriots fans needs to watch. Thank God that game is not nationally televised. The Jets play Friday. That is nationally televised. That's on Prime against the Dolphins, and I guess Tim Boyle is going to start. You're out on the East Coast. Do you think that the Jets or the Giants have had a more disappointing, uh, more unsuccessful season? I think the Giants. I mean, the Jets you can explain away. Sure. Because Aaron Rodgers goes down four plays into the season. I mean, this is a, this was a Jets roster that last year was very talented on both sides of the ball. You have the Offensive Rookie of the Year and Garrett Wilson, the Defensive Rookie of the Year, and Sauce Gardner. But you had woeful quarterback play. And that's what prevented you from getting into the playoffs. You upgrade at the quarterback position, bring it in Aaron Rodgers multiple times with an MVP, a Super Bowl winner. And you build your entire hopes and dreams as an organization and a fan base around that quarterback. And he goes down four plays in. It changes your entire direction as an organization. Now, maybe you can make the case that they should have done something differently when Rodgers went down that they stuck with Zach Wilson for too long, that they should have made a corresponding move at the quarterback position, and why wait until now? But when the entire 
centerpiece of your off-season plan goes down four plays in, it's hard to sort of say, well, you know, that's a disappointment and it's on you guys. Then you look at the Giants. This is a playoff team last year. They made the decision to give Daniel Jones the new deal. They reworked the deal with Saquon Barkley, and it's all falling apart. And there are a lot of reasons why the Giants have struggled. Part of it is certainly Daniel Jones. Part of it is injuries. Part of it is inability to protect the quarterback. But that team has just fallen to pieces. Now, I've theorized that it's the sort of double-edged sword of early success because this is an organization that before last year began, Joe Shane sat us out in the media and said, this is the hand we were dealt. You know, I took over an organization where we were up against it from a cap perspective, how decisions had to be made. We're going to see how this goes. Basically saying, look, I don't think we're going to be good this year. They have a surprising run to the playoffs. But what comes with that? Now everybody's going to be ready for you. Now you get that harder schedule and you're seeing the impact of being successful a year ahead of schedule in the New York Giants organization right now. And they face a lot of decisions. This game may very well be the Drake May Caleb Williams Bowl. You know, as somebody that grew up in New England and, you know, went to dinner last night with some family that's already in town from the Boston area and they're wondering about Bill Belichick and, you know, what's going to happen with Matt Jones. This is a game that if you're the Patriots and you're a Patriots fan, you might want to see them lose. You know, it might get you a step closer to one of those two quarterbacks. But the Giants might have the same thing in mind. So it's it's a tough situation for both those teams, the Jets and the Giants, and certainly against the Patriots into the next year. But to, to, to the point of your question, I think the Giants have had the far more disappointing season given how it's unfolded. Well, and I, and I was maybe going to ask you, how could other teams avoid ending up in the same spot as the Giants? Because, you know, the year that the Giants had last year is the year that lots of teams that are building would love to have. The year that says, we have our coach. We think we have our quarterback. We got a little taste of success, something to build on. And then it's all falling apart. But you kind of answered the question. Like, you can't overreact to success, especially if that success might have been a little fluky sometimes you know, a, a 13 and three team isn't really the, the caliber of a 13 and three team like the Steelers right now. The Steelers have been winning games, but I, I don't think anybody would consider the Steelers one of the best teams in football. They just fired their offensive coordinator. Tom Brady made some comments the other day uh, and, and basically said the quality of play in this league is not what it used to be. I see a lot of bad habits. The rules have changed. What did you make of, of Tom Brady's comments? And do you think there are any truth to those comments? I mean, I think there's some truth to what he's saying. I think if you look at the NFL, say, when Brady came into the league and the NFL now, there have certainly been some changes that have been implemented from a rules perspective that have changed the way that the game is played. I mean, when Tom Brady came into the league, you had the ability as a defensive back to just be extremely physical with how you played the position. And now you've got you know, more of an emphasis on defensive pass interference, the introduction of defensive holding and other penalties that have sort of made it a lot tougher for defensive backs to play the position, which allows you as an offense to perhaps get away with something. You know, everybody's least favorite play in the NFL, I think right now, and you see it every Sunday, perhaps in every game every Sunday, is the underthrown deep ball that draws the pass interference penalty. You know, where the quarterback underthrows a go route, the receiver tries to go back to the ball and the defensive back who's just trying to make a play runs into the receiver through no fault of their own. And it's a bad throw, but it gets rewarded with a spot penalty. And, you know, from Brady's perspective, such the perfectionist that he is, he probably hates to see something like that. And I also think that, look, the, the league has had a very hard time with quarterback development and offensive line development. And, you know, I've talked with Bill and others, you know, throughout yeah. this season about scoring being down league-wide. And part of the reason is 
it's hard to find for a team five very good offensive linemen. I had a long conversation with Dan Hatman, who was a longtime NFL scout, and I went to a program called the Scout Academy, trained in new NFL scouts. He was with the Giants. He was with the, the Eagles under Lewis Riddick and part of the Dream Team. And he told me recently that in the NFL today, a good offensive line has three good linemen. That's it, hmm. you know, because you can't find five. Yeah, you know, and you, if you find five, it's rare. Like the Eagles, for example. And so, offensive line being the position group that it is, and the way it's structured, it's a weak link position group. You might have three, but where do you think the defensive coordinators are going to aim their blitz packages? Of course, it's not going to be at those three. Yeah. So you're still going to get pressure on the quarterback. And then, with respect to the quarterback, it's hard to develop quarterbacks. Colleges don't do that. You're going to do what you have to do to win games at the college level. If it means QB draws and you know, Tim Tebow and the jump draw pass type of thing. You'll do that to win games, but then that player gets drafted in the first round and they're not ready to play in the NFL. And so I think Brady's right that it's a much different league for a number of different reasons than when he came in. Because when he came into the league, you'd sit a quarterback for a year or two or three years. Yeah. You know, now you're expected to because of the economics of the NFL, you got to get him on the field. And so the game has changed the economics of it, the rules of it. A lot of it has changed, and you know maybe some people would say, "Look, it's made for a watered-down product." And you know, I, I think as fans, as people who cover the game, kind of sort of have to adapt and recalibrate our expectations for the product we're seeing on the field. Lastly, Mark, b- before and again, thank you so much for coming on today. Before I let you go, and before you go enjoy Thanksgiving, am I underserving Jalen Hurts? And am I am a, a little bit of a bad football fan if, if you tell me, "Oh, Jalen Hurts MVP," and my response is. It's fine. A little underwhelming, but I, I guess. Like I, I don't know. I want an MVP to to knock me out. Like yes, that is the guy. And it seems like Jalen Hurts. Okay, quarterback, best record, some nice plays, great runner. I, I don't know. I'm a little underwhelmed if we get to the end of the year and and this version of Jalen Hurts is the MVP. I'm very much warm into the idea of okay. for the third time in history a defensive player winning MVP. Ooh. You know, I I think. If you watch the Cleveland Browns right now, if you watch that defense mm-hmm. and you watch Miles Garrett, mm-hmm. you're seeing the most important player in the NFL right now because this is a team that is down to a rookie backup quarterback who was a late pick in the draft that is winning games on the backs of their defense and on the backs of Garrett on the back of Miles Garrett. And right now he has 13 sacks with seven games left. He's going to have opportunities to break the individual single season sack record down the stretch of the season. And if they make the playoffs based largely on their defense in a year where scoring is down and there's some underwhelming quarterback performances, yes, MVP has become a best quarterback on best team award. We know that. But if there's a year where a defensive player wins, it's this year and it's Miles Garrett. You're not the first person I've heard with that take. I, I like that. I, I, I like that I'm hearing that now in multiple places. I, I can get on board with it. And again, I don't mean to nitpick Jalen Hurts. They're nine and one, and, and he does what his team needs him to do. I just, eh, I feel like Larry David. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Right. Like if he were to win MVP, it's fine. I'm not going to be mad about it, but I don't know. I always want it to be clear cut. You know, Mark, like I, I don't think the right. MVP should ever be a difficult decision. I think it should always be pretty obvious. We can debate it, but at the end of the day, it's, well, we, but we agree it's this person. And I don't know. So I like the idea of a defensive player. Mark, I, I've kept you so long. Thank you so much. Have a great Thanksgiving, and, and Bill will be back next week. We'll talk then. Sounds great, Grant. Thank you so much. Have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy the games and everything tomorrow. Yeah, you as well, Mark. Appreciate it. Appreciate your time. That's Mark Schofield, SB Nation. Always a gracious guest, a willing guest. 
and even in the past, anytime his bill, bill has been off, you know, willing to come on with, with me and with Ben, follow him on Twitter. And I appreciate his perspective as someone who's outside of the Packer bubble a little bit, outside of the NFC North bubble. I, I feel a little bit like a loser. I'm like, eh, Jalen Hurts doesn't really do it for me. You know, it's like, oh, nine and one uh, with one loss being kind of a random loss to the Jets. It's not even like they look that bad. That's not enough for you, Grant. Jalen Hurts, who who maybe has the most unstoppable play in football with a quarterback sneak, that's not enough for you. Yeah, I just I want a little more. I want, I want a little more meat on the bone. Is that too much to ask for? I want a little more pizzazz and flash. Now, this isn't the Big Ten West. This is the National Football League. I feel like I, I feel like uh, Paul Allen. This isn't Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Let's take a couple minutes. We'll take a break. Come back. Talk more Packers. A little Bucks news, breaking news. Lower your expectations for what this news is. It's not earth-shattering news. But if you are really looking forward to Bucks Celtics tonight, this is a positive. I'll share that news with you next. It's the Bill Michael Show, and we'll be back in three minutes. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offer ends 11 2023. Bill Michaels Show. We thank again Mark Schofield one last time, SB Nation, for coming on. I missed a, a Rodgers story. I missed a Jets story. We were talking about what's going on with the Jets before we took our, our last break at 11 o'clock. Talked a little bit more about both the Jets and the Giants with Mark. And if you missed that interview, I'll post it at the podcast later. It's really, really good, and it's a great primer for the games tomorrow and and for the stretch run of the NFL season. We were talking a little bit about the Jets, and I'm like, the, the fact that they didn't go out and get a quarterback is dumb. I don't blame the Jets for trading for Aaron Rodgers, for signing Alan Lazard, for getting Randall Cobb, Adrian Amos, Nathaniel. You do it. Go all in on Aaron Rodgers. But the second he got hurt, the second he got hurt, they should have been on the clock to find another guy just for this year. The Rams stink. Matthew Stafford got hurt. Brett Rippon wasn't good enough. We're going to get Carson Wentz. Right? The Vikings lose Kirk Cousins after the worst possible start to their season. What did they start? 0-3, 0-4? Kirk Cousins goes down and they're like, well, we were really trying to be a Super Bowl team this year, but this is the National Football League and we're not going to give our fans a middle finger and the players on this roster the middle finger and, and waste this year. We're going to go get Josh Dobbs. Cost him nothing and he's been awesome. He's been a huge shot in the arm for that team. The Jets have done nothing. And I don't think the Jets are stupid. I don't think Joe Douglas is stupid. I think he's a little bit overrated as a GM. 
Everyone's like, well, Joe Douglas, look at all the talent he's found. Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson and Quinnen Williams. My goodness, what a, what a team he's built. Well, when you're picking in the top five every year, no kidding. Oh, 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 you're telling me that Joe Douglas was smart enough to pick Sauce Gardner, the consensus number one corner in that draft, off a team that, that made the college football playoff? Okay. Oh, oh Joe Douglas, brilliant thinking outside the box when he drafted Quinnen Williams. Let's see, blue chip player, blue chip program, the consensus number one player at his position in that draft. Oh, sorry, Joe Douglas, brilliant. Oh, he drafted Garrett Wilson? Unbelievable wide receiver prospect, if not the consensus, number one wide receiver in that draft, very close to it up there with Drake London. Blue chip program. Oh, well, Joe Douglas. Far be it for me to question anything, any decision he's ever made. I think he's a little bit overrated as a GM, but I don't think he's dumb. And only a dumb GM or a dumb head coach and a dumb owner would let this season play out the way that it's played out. How did I miss this? Aaron Rodgers has, quote, personal guilt about Jets benching Zach Wilson, but thinks there's enough blame to go around. What? Where'd this come from? Oh, this is from Pat McAfee. This is why I missed this yesterday, is because Pat McAfee has me blocked. Not because I... I don't block people on Twitter, and I don't do things annoying enough to warrant a block. What I did was, is anytime Aaron Rodgers would come on, is I'd take a screenshot of Aaron Rodgers, and then I would post satirical quotes, because everyone would post the Rodgers quotes on McAfee. So I'd post something like, something about the Brewers that was obviously fake, but very funny, because that's what Twitter's about. And McAfee blocked me. Their account blocked me for it. Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers says he has some personal guilt over Zach Wilson being benched, saying that he's disappointed Wilson didn't get the chance to sit and watch like he was supposed to. The plan was to redshirt Wilson this season and give him a chance to watch Rodgers, but that one plan went bad four snaps into the season when Rodgers tore his Achilles. Quote, this is disappointing. I have some personal guilt around the whole thing. I'm pissed that I wasn't able to play and frustrated that if I was out there, I feel like I'd be playing well. This would obviously be different narratives around our team, and Zach would have the opportunity to learn and grow and See what it looks like without the pressure and being able to sit in those meetings and go through the season and just kind of watch me. Okay, this is this is all so remarkably stupid. They should have just traded for another quarterback right away. Zach Wilson was never going to be the guy. It'd be one thing if Zach Wilson had never played for the Jets before. And you're like, well, we're not really sure, but we at least want to give him a chance. He had a chance. He had the entire year last year. I feel like Harry Potter. I did my waiting. 15 years of it in Azkaban or whatever, whatever the amount of time was. Zach Wilson had his chance. The Jets fans watched him. His teammates watched him. Everyone knew. Everyone knew. That, that was waving of the white flag. When they said, Zach's our guy, we're not trading for anyone. Season's done. Season's done at that point. It's just all so, so dumb. I'm sorry. I didn't want to go down a Jets rabbit hole today, but then again, the show's four hours long. We, we got time. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Bill Michaels Show. Who's this? Uh, Darnell. Darnell in Madison. What's going on, Darnell? Welcome. Well, do you mind if I uh, break your news for you? Oh, uh, the Bucks news that I said. This is what I do. I say that I'm going to get to things, and then I don't. Please, break some news for me. All right. Well, um, my man Jason Tatum is questionable with an illness, and I would like to tell you what that illness is. Oh, what's the illness? The illness is either dementia, because he's scared of Damian Lillard. Nice. Uh, or it is Yanaria, as in he is scared of Yana. Uh we'll, Both we'll are both are serious. If if Tatum doesn't play tonight, I I would be bummed. Uh, the news that I also saw and something that I was going to mention is uh, based on the tweet that I saw from Marjan Bochamp. It looks like he's going to play tonight, which would be massive because him and him and Jay Crowder they're basically the only wing defenders the Bucks have. So if Bochamp plays, even if Tatum plays, I feel like this matchup will be 
closer to fully representative, at least than it would be without Bochamp or, or Jay Crowder. Are you going to be dialed in and watching this game tonight? I'm, I know this is a big matchup, but it's weird because it's the night before Thanksgiving and we got the Badgers and Marquette and the Packers. It, it's a huge game, but it's tucked in this weird moment in time in this very weird week. Well, I'm, I'm definitely going to be like watching, but I'm not going to place all my stock in the outcome. Like if the Bucks win, it's a great win, right? Yeah. And if the Celtics win, it's a great win for them. Like, there's no discounting that. But it's not, it's not this team that wins. The team that wins tomorrow or wins tonight is going to make the finals. You know, like that's that's what people usually do on games like this, and that really frustrates me. So I think you you have to go in there with like a level, even keeled head, and understand that the outcome of one game does not determine the season. Well, I think the Bucks are trending in the right direction over the last week, if only because of their offense is clicking, right? I don't remember, who did I talk, was it Denny and Holman last night on my show called in and said, well, the Bucks defense, it's, you know, it's they've got a problem with this and a problem with that. And I'm like, look, this Bucks defense is never going to be otherworldly. Even if they get their, their principles correct and they figure out if they want to be a transition team or an offensive rebounding team, which is something that Adrian Griffin needs to decide and, and preach. Every time I've heard him talk, it's like, well, we either got to get back or we got to rebound. No, no, no. You have to pick one or the other and you have to go all in. So they have some, some principles that they need to get aligned. But even if they get it all organized and figured out, this isn't going to be an elite defensive team. They need to score Darnell. They Because that's the way they built this team. They brought in Dame to go more in on offense, which I think they needed to do. But if you're sacrificing defense to get offense, you need the offense every night. And I think that's really what we've seen the last week and a half is the Bucks have won, what, five, five, six in a row here now? True. And, I mean, to, to compound on that, they replaced an S-tier defender with a D-tier defender. defender. So, um, their, their defense was never going to be elite, like you just said. So, yeah, um, yeah it, it's been great to watch kind of the chemistry develop though um especially in the last you know five six games where um Giannis is scoring 38 points in three quarters and then Dame scores 20 in the fourth like that's yeah that's exactly what they signed up for yeah you know what I mean so yeah it's been great to see that actually happen as opposed to just the theoretical possibility of it happening yeah um so yeah I mean Bucks fans uh We've had it so good for like five years, regular season wise, obviously some postseason issues, but um, we're so, we expect the best yeah. even in November. And you just, you gotta, like with baseball, it's a long season. You gotta ride the waves a little bit. Yeah. You gotta chill. And obviously tonight is a big game. I hope that it's competitive and I hope that it's entertaining. I hope it's not a blowout. Well, I would love for the Bucks to blow out the Celtics. If the Bucks get blown out, that would be a massive bummer. If these two teams can can hang in and play a really competitive basketball game, I will be happy, and I think that will set the stage for hopefully a very interesting Eastern Conference. And and you know, when we get there in a couple months, I don't even want to think or talk about the playoffs right now. But but hopefully, good playoff matchups down the line as well. Darnell, I got to take a break. I got to run. Thank you so much. Have a blessed Thanksgiving with your friends, with your family. I appreciate your calls always. You as well, Grant. Darnell, the chump in Madison, six zero eight three two one. 1670. Nice to talk about the Bucks a little bit. You know, the Jets, the Bucks, <laughs> just what everyone thought we'd be talking about today. Not Mar- not Marquette, that's for sure. They don't deserve any statewide coverage after a after a massive win over Kansas last night. Let's take a five minute break. We'll come back. Continue the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show 
on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The all-new Pottawatomie Casino Hotel has something you gotta see. Play more slots and games, and you could say, show me the money, to reveal up to 10 grand each Thursday. 800,000 in prizes is up for grabs. 40 winners each week. This October and November at Pottawatomie, Milwaukee, when you're ready to win, just say, show me the money. More info at PaysBig.com. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play. Michael's show, how we looking? Appreciate you listening. Bill's off today. He is en route. I think he's probably already there. He flew out so early this morning out to the East Coast. Saw pictures on Facebook at the crack of dawn. And I envy Bill that he gets to start his holiday early and travel and see friends and family. Uh, I do not envy him needing to get up as early as he got up. And I was talking to Ebo, uh, our morning show host, kind of at the end of their show, right before the the 10 o'clock show started before this show started. I just hate getting up early. It makes me sick to my stomach. And it's not a laziness thing. Like, I don't need to sleep in every day until 10. Like, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I would like to sleep past 6. Really, anything after 6 doesn't bother me. I can get up at 6.15. It's not an issue. It's not a problem. When I need to get up for, like, a 6 o'clock flight, oh, my God. Like, I get preemptive nausea nausea (laughs) I I I get I get sick to my stomach thinking about getting up that early I hate it so I don't envy that part of Bill's day today uh but of course we think about Bill as he's off starting his vacation and I appreciate you listening and and tolerating me while we wait for Bill to get back I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant if you would like to call the show I would love to have you 608-321-1670 we've talked a little Packers We've even talked about Marquette a little bit. Most of it has been bad faith discourse uh, from from me. <laughs> I I do not have I do not have serious takes about Marquette. I'm sorry. I'm a Wisconsin fan. I'm too jaded against. Uh, I guess it's a rival. The Marquette fans obnoxiously made it a rivalry. So I, I guess I'll I guess I'll give it back. Uh, I can't cheer for Marquette. I actively cheer against them, and I will be cheering for Purdue. Bucks play the Celtics tonight as well. Marjan Bochamp, it sounds like, is gonna play. Which Marjan Bochamp is not an all-star. He's not an all-pro. He's not. He's not incredible. He's a second-year player, right? But Marjan Bochamp and Jay Crowder play a specific role, especially defensively, on this Bucks team that, that no one else really plays. They don't have wing defenders. They don't. Well, they don't really have guys who can defend the one either. Campaign, probably not. They got a lot of big. They got a lot of size defenders. Brook. And Giannis and Chris Middleton, actually, and I don't want to jinx it, so I'll knock on wood, but Chris Middleton's defensive numbers have actually been pretty okay. They've been better than okay. They've been pretty good. They've been great. And that's not an option that I want the Bucs to rely on all season. But the Bucs do not have what the Celtics have, or even, heck, what the Clippers have, when you have the stable of wing defenders that you can throw out and eat fouls and kind of split up the minutes defending players like, well, like Giannis for starters, but in the case of the Celtics, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, 
Drew Holiday's a little bit bigger as well. You would always love a wing defender in, in a matchup against Drew Holiday offensively, especially with his game being just a little bit more limited than than Tatum and Brown. And I don't mean that as a slight to Drew Holiday. I mean that more as a compliment to to Tatum and Brown. The Bucks don't have a stable of wing defenders. They have Marjan, who they're hoping grows more into that role. And they have Jay Crowder, who looked really good before he had to have surgery. And, and now he's got to take a, a month or two off while he recovers. It, it's like... You know, in baseball, you used to have left-handed relievers that were specialists. Like, Mitch Stetter used to be able to hold down a, a major league roster spot for an entire year. And it's not that Mitch Stetter was some amazing pitcher. It's that he was a left-handed specialist, and, well, somebody's got to do the job. It might as well be Mitch Stetter, right? And now some of the rule changes and the three-batter minimum has kind of legislated that niche role out. So teams are are more likely to just keep their best arms, regardless of of role, regardless of of specialty. And in the NBA, like I'm not saying Marjan Bochamp and Jay Crowder are Mitch Stetter. They are far from the Bucks' best players, but they play a specific role, defensively especially, that is very important. And I'm glad that we're going to have one of them. I think if I could only have one, I'd have Marjan. I like what I've seen from him this year. He's bringing energy, speed, uh, aggression, active hands, things and, and and traits and and flavors to a game that are harder to come by when you have an older, more experienced, accomplished team. Uh, and I really like, I want to watch more of Marjan Bochamp. It's like Dontavian Wicks. I, I don't know that Dontavian Wicks is going to be an awesome NFL receiver for years and years and years to come, but he's showing some promise and I'm having fun watching him. So I'm bummed that he's not going to play against Detroit and I'm happy on the other side of that coin that, that Marjan, it seems, will be coming back tonight, at least if his Twitter account is any indication. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the program, The Bill Michaels Show. Who's this? Hey, good morning. I figured I'd bring my great, delightful, positivity, happy <laughs> mood to the, the Bill Michaels Show. Before anything, bah humbug Christmas and bah humbug tomorrow. Yeah. So, hope everybody chokes on turkey bones tomorrow because I hate Thanksgiving. But Dave from Monona, uh, for those who aren't familiar, Dave is... Uh, <laughs> one of our esteemed callers from, from four to six and on the morning show. Uh, always positive. But, I'd say that's a, that's a good yeah. way to describe you. I got, I got a positive about, look, I hate Thanksgiving. I hate kids. I hate family. And tomorrow's about a bunch of ramp kids running around, you know, but think about when you, well, when you were a kid, you're still a kid. Well, what's the one thing you hated when you went to family outing? What's the one question everybody got? Oh, how you doing? How's school? Oh, okay. Get lost. <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time I went to a family event when I was a kid, well, how's school going? Who cares? Why do you care? Why do you hate kids? Hey, hey, are, hate, hating, hate, well, actually, let me back up. Hating kids is one thing. Like, kids can be, you know, young kids can be annoying. And I, I get it. Yeah. If they're your they kids, you know, you love them. It, Family yeah, is important. Yeah, they shouldn't be anywhere near the kitchen on Thanksgiving Day or Christmas. Keep them out in the garage. They make too much noise. They make a mess. The hell with them all. And at Christmas time, all they do is got their hands out. So, you know, but anyway, all that's right. not what I called I'm a big I'm a, I'm a big Bucks guy, so but you know we're talking about the Bucks. This Bucks team is going to have to go out the trade deadline if they're going to compete in a seven game series. They don't have the team to compete with Boston. You got a Holiday, you got the other camp Perzinga, Brown, and Tatum. I mean, what, what are the Bucks got? Bucks got nobody on the perimeter. I mean, you got Crowder, sure you got the bullshit guy, but they can't. They can't. Who do they got? I, I think the Bucks. Well, let, let me ask you this, Dave. If who are, who are the two best players in this game tonight? Because I think it's Giannis and Dame, don't you? But they are. But they are not. You know, yeah, but Giannis doesn't guard the perimeter. Giannis is a is in the block, so they don't put him out out, you know, out on the um, uh, you know, out on the three point line. And those Boston guys, yeah, Holiday, he's going to lock down Dame and Giannis. All they got to do is follow him. 
Who's that? I mean, I mean, who's that lead the Bucks with consistently? I mean, I mean, you got Boston with Brown and Tatum, and and you know, how? I don't know, man. They're gonna have to go out and do something to trade it. Otherwise, a game seven or a seven game series. I like how they always say, "Well, the whole court doesn't matter." Hey, memo to the uh, players: Go look at the statistics. What's what's the what's the record on game sevens in the NBA? Was like ninety to ten or something like that. But you know, we'll see if the Bucks are serious because. Middleton, I mean, come on, are we, are we really depending on Middleton to be our savior? Three years ago, yeah, absolutely. But the Middleton of today, well, he's I, the one. I, I think that's part of the reason why they added Dame is because they don't want to have to rely on Chris Middleton on offense, right? Like, whatever you get is great, but but if if it's Giannis, Drew, and Chris, Chris has got to, he's got to carry a lot of wood that, like, we need scoring from Chris. I, I think now with Dame, you don't have to rely on Chris Middleton as much. Does that make sense? I, I think third, we're in agreement third guy. on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But look at Boston. Boston throws, you know, they throw four at you. Four consistent scorers, and Milwaukee only has. So, you know, I'll have the Bucks game on one radio tonight, my Badger game on the other radio tonight. Hey, it was nice to see that, um, back to Badger Steve, he actually could jump higher than six inches <laughs> and actually dunk the damn bad. Isn't it amazing where you're seven foot tall, but he showed some promise. And hopefully tonight they do it while he still brings no value. I wish they would just play the young kid from Minnesota and just be done with wall. And Chucky, you know, stay out of the, I almost said KK club again, the CK club, the college. Co- no, I think it's spelled yeah. with a K. It's just the KK club is redundant. That's what I always tell you. It's you, oh, the KK okay. or the college club. You, the KK club is that's too many K's. That's one too many K. And oh. that's, you know, so yeah, today I, mean, I have the bus game on tonight. I have the, uh, nice. um, Badger game on tonight. And then tomorrow is, you know, the, the, the second, all, you know, all the families get together and come on, Grant. Yeah. How many story horror stories have you heard from other people getting together on Thanksgiving it's all a bunch of fake promise, and and it's for grandma. Thanksgiving's for grandma, and my grandma, when we were younger, believe it or not, this could be positive. That was her day. You walked into her house, yeah, and cell phones. It's honestly God. She was standing at the door. That I love that woman. She's dead now, but she was standing at the door, and have her hand out, like a typical you know twelve year old. Mm-hmm. But you had to give her, you had to give her your cell phones. She allowed no cell phones in her house. For two hours, if you didn't like it, she would say, "There's the door." Yep. If she wanted people talking, playing cards, and getting you know and having fun, <laughs> oh, grandma, she's taking cell phones away. <laughs> I like that. Maybe maybe it. I'll do that tomorrow. It's family time, not phone time. Oh, yep. God rest your soul, grandma. But yeah, she would take uh, everybody's cell phone away. And you you can't do that in today's world. Oh my God, you you start a, you know, a family a family war. But anyway. It, I would say enjoy tomorrow, but you know we don't want you to choke on uh, chicken on turkey bones. Uh, well, I appreciate you, Dave. Happy Thanksgiving! Thank you for the call. Uh, as always, uh, have a have a good one. That's our friend uh, Dave in Monona. Always brings positivity. Dave, I, I think we agree on a lot of things. It's just your your angle and your attitude towards a lot of these things. It's like I I, I can't I can't I can't meet you there. Uh, kids are annoying. I I was talking about this with Ebo the other day. It's like man. You, Around kids for a couple hours, it's like, just need some. I need some peace and quiet. But family, come on, family, Dave. Let's, let's not attack the 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 pillar of American culture, which is the nuclear family. Don't you think?
come on, you're too much of a patriot. You're too much of a, a red, white, and blue American to, to tear down the family structure like that. Let's take a three-minute break. Paul Charchian, Fantasy Football Guillotine Leagues coming up at noon. At 12.30, we're going to talk with our friend Drew Kelly. He's the voice of the UWL Eagles. They have round two of their playoffs, so a little D3 football talk. I know Bill used to have Lance Leipold on. They used to talk whitewater football. Well, UWL's having an awesome season. Their flagship is WKTY, which is our affiliate in lacrosse. We're going to speak with Drew Kelly at 1230. And Mike Clemens in the final hour. Loaded Bill Michaels show. The only thing that's missing is well, Bill, Bill Michaels. He's the, <laughs> I suppose we're missing that. But other than that, loaded show, a perfect show. We're back in three minutes. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offer ends 11-30-2023. Bill Michaels Show show's really going to pick up steam starting here in a couple minutes. Paul Charchian, KFAN up in the Twin Cities. Guillotine Leagues going to join us to talk fantasy football. The games might not be great tomorrow. They all have a spread of at least a touchdown. Packers, Lions, Lions heavy favorites. Figure they probably win this game, should win this game, should win the game comfortably. Cowboys, Commanders, Cowboys beat the tar out of bad teams. And, And I don't I don't think that Washington is bad like the Panthers are bad or the Giants are bad, but they're a lot closer to being bad than they are to being good. So they are on blowout watch tomorrow afternoon. I think that game was closer to a 10-point spread. I think it was a little bit more than a touchdown. And then I believe last time I checked, and I was just looking at ESPN's website, and it's ESPN Bet. I'm no betting expert here, so the lines could change, and and maybe they probably have. But I saw that the night game... San Francisco seven-point favorites over the Seahawks in Seattle. We're not really sure of Geno Smith's status, as uh, Mark Schofield told us about an hour ago. So the games tomorrow might stink, but there's always fantasy ramifications, maybe daily fantasy or betting ramifications. So maybe we're focused on individual player props or names to watch or sneaky performances to watch. So we'll talk about all those things with Paul Charchian coming up in just a couple minutes at 11.30 or, or 12.30 rather. Uh, 11.30, we've already passed 11.30. At 12.30, we're going to talk with Drew Kelly, who's the voice of the UWL Eagles. They have round two of the playoffs, D3 playoffs. They host Aurora this Saturday. And I thought, you know, we had Dan Casper on yesterday, the captain from up in Eau Claire, W-A-Y-Y. Let's involve another affiliate. Let's talk to Drew, uh, the flagship 
and the the Bill Michaels station in Lacrosse, WKTY, the flagship for UWL Athletics. So we're going to talk with Drew coming up in a bit. And I just heard from Mike Clements. He's going to hop on with us. He's driving to Detroit. But as I told Mike on my show last night, it's like, that's a long drive. Mike, you call, call us. Let's have a chat. We can break up your drive a little bit. So Mike Clemens is going to join us uh, at 1.30. Should be a loaded show. And we'll fit in time for, for your calls as well. 608-321-1670. And I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Just talking a little bit about the Bucks. And it's probably all that we need to say about the Bucks for the rest of the show. But Marjan Bochamp is going to play tonight. Uh, Chris Middleton is trending in the right direction. If, if you look at Chris Middleton's stats right now, actually getting a lot more comfortable and is playing much better defense than maybe you guess, given where he's been at physically the last couple of years. And he's been on a minutes restriction and he's been coming back very slowly off of offseason surgery. And he's typically like come on slowly anyways the last couple of years. And and that's not all these guys' fault. You know, the offseason was, was shortened after COVID. They had a quick turnaround from the bubble to the next season. And then those that postseason was delayed. So the finals went into July. And then they started the season at the right time. And then after that season, they got on a plane. They, they play in Tokyo and they play for Team USA. It's just been a very busy, very full couple of years for a lot of NBA players. So I don't fault Chris Middleton for maybe taking a little bit longer than, than folks thought coming back last year. But Chris Middleton's rounding into form nicely. And anytime I compliment Chris Middleton or give him credit for something, I... Typically, something goes wrong, so I'll knock on wood when I say that. But Dave from Monona makes a good point. The Bucks don't want to have to rely on Chris Middleton being who he was two years ago, and they shouldn't want to rely on him. Like, he's not the player that he was two years ago in the finals, and that's been a, a big issue the last couple of postseasons, which is why they traded for Damian Lillard. That's why they went out and got Dame, is because relying on Chris as a third offensive option behind Giannis and behind Dame it's a lot more palatable. Relying on him as a second option behind Giannis and only Giannis, you're asking for a bit more. You're hoping for a bit more. You're hoping for less when you have two proven offensive creators, Giannis and Dame, in front of Chris Middleton. So while I think Dave was correct, I think the Bucks agree with Dave and they made moves this offseason to, to deal with that. So that, that's the Bucks discourse of the day. Probably don't need any more. Let's talk football. Paul Charchi and fantasy football guillotine leagues joins the Bill Michael show next. Hour three starts in two minutes.